All right, it's Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and we are live. I told you guys we wouldn't be live, and then every time I say that, the next thing I know, Josh has got me doing a live one, which is fine. Uh, but we're here for another Law Talk, so hopefully if you guys see this, uh, feel free to comment because we'd be happy to respond. As always, if you haven't to uh, yet, please like, follow, subscribe to the content. We're on all social media platforms, all podcast platforms, YouTube, etc. And, of course, we're on TikTok. You can check it out on TikTok. It's uh, Kicking Lawyer over there and you can watch josh do all the dances all the dances that's right don't forget to download inside my head by na the band it's the local guys it's free it's available on spotify apple itunes wherever you listen to music uh, they've got a new album coming out too so make sure you check them out and then we've got michelle allen's a longtime sponsor of the show she's your go-to if you're going to buy sell rent um lease real estate anything with that she's also just a good community leader so holler at her with cry like realtors and then Mason's High Octane Martial Arts has been in Covington for 30 years, and we just opened a location in Millington, Tennessee. So you visit masonsmartialarts.com and uh, check us out. We'd be glad to teach you to kick folks like that. And then the new business I'm doing <coughs> is Jam Books and Records. It's going to be located on the square in Covington. We are diligently working on getting that place open. They're up there staining the uh, shelves as we speak. So come check that out. And then last but not least, if you need any online uh, branding, social media marketing, email, website design, videos, Josh will help you just visit masonitemarketing.com. Joining me today is uh, somebody that is in a world that I love, Mr. Sean Howe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. And we we're just talking about how I met you at the Comic-Con we had, and mm -hmm. then I've got some of your art, I think, here. Um, I know you as an artist, but feel free to tell folks like where you're from, what you do, that kind of stuff too. Um, I'm from the Memphis area. Um, art is my full-time thing now. Art and dad, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's a full-time gig yeah, in yeah. itself, right? <clears throat> so so you do, because I was talking to Josh about this earlier, I know you do, I'm sure you do commissions and stuff too, mm -hmm. um, and then you go to the shows and sell um, uh, uh, art that you've made yourself. Uh, do you do comic book work at all or any other? I do. Um, I'm a freelance illustrator, and I do a lot of covers for independent publishers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've worked for uh, the the bulk of my cover work has been for a company called Three Heads Productions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got um, kind of a shared monster verse going on. It's got Vampires of New Jersey, Witches of Westchester, Werewolves of Brooklyn, and... Um, couple of other small unrelated titles but it's a huge thing on kickstarter i mean it funds usually within about 10 minutes of every time they drop a kickstarter nice so uh i typically do two covers for them you know one uh one pg and one you know not pg i understand and, yeah so the how did you get into this were you were you a big comic book fan or was it just you're an artist in school or how definitely does... um when i was a kid i was a big comic book fan mm -hmm. and uh you know i grew up in the 80s and 90s i wanted to be jim lee todd mcfarland those guys and um when i went to college i, I was set i was like yeah okay i'm gonna go work for image everything's gonna be great and i just burned out in college i i quit drawing altogether and stopped drawing for like 13 years mm -hmm. and so much so to where um you know 13 years later you know i'm married at the time and uh you know my wife she's like i, I didn't know you could draw and i'm like yeah i could and um i had this completely different style than i had before i was doing the Typical 90s comic book style, you know, the Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri style, you know, small heads, big muscles. Mm -hmm. And then when I picked it back up, 
um, it's more of a realistic style. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's still comic booky, you know, in the sense of still comic book characters, but I, I try to shoot for as realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. And I've so. got uh, some of your art I've got uh, pulled up here. Oh, yeah, Skeletor. A few, few pieces in. Some of my, I obviously I picked out some of my favorites. <laughs> so. Oh, okay, okay. Did, when you were, what, so you said you took some inspiration from the image guys, I guess, uh, Liefeld and all them too. Oh, yeah. But, uh. But I can draw feet. Well, I was going to say, and then you got the <laughs> famous cover, of course, with him, the Captain America, that's been redone numerous ways oh, with yeah. the, the chest proportions the and everything giant. else. I have that, by the way. I, I bought it uh, when it came out, that comic book. I, I couldn't do it. I was just like, no, no. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I remember it looking weird, but at that point, he he was pretty established. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to throw pouches on everything, but mm-hmm. I mean, anyway. So anyway, those guys were inspirational to you, but was there a specific character that you were drawn to or liked drawing? Uh, I was a big Wolverine fan. Really? Yeah. And um, a couple of other, you know, characters, of course, Batman. I mean, mm. everybody loves Batman. Yeah. Uh, Superman, you know, those kind of guys. But then um, seeing the image guys come in and Spawn was like the first one of those that I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took, it didn't take very long for me to realize that, you know, Spawn's great because anything you don't want to draw, you can cover up with cape. Yeah. Yeah, same with Batman. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I went through phases, but our father, you know, Josh and my brother, our father uh, was a huge Superman fan. Mm-hmm. And so when I was little, the Christopher Reeves movies had come out, and Christopher Reeve movies had come out, and um, it is Reeves, isn't it? No. It must, it's Reeve, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. those came out, and so we kind of bonded in the 80s with that, you know, the series of movies. And uh, and he died this this year and so, anyway, that was always a big tie to me was Superman. Mm-hmm. What I liked about Superman was that he could destroy everybody and everything. Of course, of course, his power evolved. I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge comic book nerd on all of them. But with Superman, his power greatly evolved where he was almost like godlike. But be, he had the power to do all that and then was able to restrain himself. What I like most about him, though, this is what a lot of people don't realize, is I identified with Clark Kent. Because I was a nerdy kid, mm-hmm. and so the fact that he was nerdy but yet had this power. Anyway, that's what I liked about Superman. Oh yeah, I had um, Jeffrey Nodelman on the podcast. He's been to the Comic Con too, mm-hmm. and he's a big Disney animator. He was the lead animator for uh, Doug and Batman the animated series, stuff like that. Yeah, and he's he was big into that world, and he completely disagrees with me on Superman. Like he hates Superman. Oh, <laughs> he says it's he doesn't like the old. <clears throat> the old Boy Scout and uh, Goody Goody. Well, I, I do, mm-hmm. but I, I can see that because a lot of people, especially you know who were, you know, around in the eighties and nineties, that's when the antiheroes started becoming yeah. a big popular thing: the Punisher, Wolverine, Ghost mm-hmm. Rider, stuff like that. And I mean, you know, who who doesn't want to be Ghost Rider? I mm-hmm. mean, driving around on a motorcycle with your head on fire—that's oh, awesome. But. Superman, I, I've always liked Superman because, um, like you said, you know, number one, he, he could destroy everybody, and he chooses not to. He holds back. Um, but he's the quintessential good guy, mm-hmm. and you don't have that a lot in the newer comics. But Superman's been around for, what, 80 years? I yeah, mean, something like that. It's been a minute, so, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there there's something there. Mm-hmm. You know, no, it, it's fun to still go read Wolverine, you know, gutting people and stuff. But 
with Superman, it kind of gives you, I don't know, an, an ideal to, to shoot for. Did you uh, identify as you came? Because I don't want to ask how old you are if you don't care. Oh, no, I'm 46. Yeah. Okay, so we're around the same age. I'm 44. So okay. it's all the same era there with superheroes. So I still, to this day, am a DC guy. Do you have any preference? I know you got, you got, and I got an image too, and all that stuff coming. I bought all those comic books. I, I never really was big on DC, um, because Marvel seemed a little bit more grounded in reality. I yeah. mean, for me, the big thing was, you know, Marvel's happening in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, Rogue is from Mississippi. Um, DC, they're made. They're it was almost more mythological. You mm-hmm. know, they're from. You know, Mount Olympus, basically, you know, a metropolis, which, well, I guess metropolis does exist, but, you know, not Well, exactly. not on the scale that they did right. there, yeah. Yeah. And Gotham City. Right. Um, Central now, City, all, all of them were. Right. And it just always seemed a little bit more old school, which is cool sometimes when you want that. Mm-hmm. But especially, you know, back then, I was more of a Marvel, X-Men, that kind of guy. Do you collect comics still or art or anything now that you're I collect doing art? art because a lot of times at cons, you know, other artists want to art trade, which I'm all a big fan of. You mm-hmm. know, I, I mean, because I'm a fan of other people's art. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, my art, not so much. But, you know, I typically just see where I messed up on it. Yeah. But um, I, I collect other people's art. I'm trying to get back into comics. Um I still have a bunch of them. I, I lost a lot of uh, boxes of comics, you know, in a you know, bad marriage. Um, yeah, I just come home. I'm like, didn't I have ten boxes? No, 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 no. You only had five. Okay. It's magic, man. Yeah. yeah. Sleight of hand. But, um. <clears throat> hey, Josh, grab that one behind my desk. I think he might like to see that one. Oh, yeah. I just got my Grail comic this year. Oh, your Grail! It was it was well. I have to get a new one now because I, I did get this one, but uh, I was excited to acquire this this comic book. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty, isn't it? <laughs> so it's, I'll tell you what. I'm sure you know what it is, but I'll let other. Uh, most people watching don't have any idea what that is. Uh, but anyway, Incredible Hulk 181. That's my two big favorites from Marvel is the Hulk and Wolverine. Yeah. Because um, I identified more with the Hulk growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, don't, you know, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry because I was, I was a bigger kid. You know, I was six feet tall in eighth grade. And mm-hmm. um, the whole thing, you know, I was a bit of a nerd and everything else. And that was before being a nerd was cool. Yeah. And it was like, man, I know I could just smack the hell out of this kid, but I'm not going to, you know, bigger, Mm -hmm. stronger, but, you know, and that's when they always kind of want to pick on you and you're like, you know what, it's, it's good enough just knowing I could. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I never really, I was not a bigger kid, so I didn't uh, really identify with Hulk. And like I said, the Superman thing was more because of the nerd end, but I was probably more of a Peter Parker type. I was a little smaller nerdy guy. But I got into martial arts real big um, as as a kid and through my teen years. So there was a phase I went through where I really identified with, like, the martial arts ends of them, even, like, Batman's mm-hmm. martial arts skill. Um, but I kind of liked on the DC end the opposite of what you mentioned. I kind of liked that it was fantasy, you know, that it was like these. this is the ideal you aspire to. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, Peter Parker's paying bills and stuff. Right. You know, well, I got to do that anyway. Right. <laughs> so, so my my position on it was more, I guess, I liked the fantasy of it. Yeah, the Marvel heroes are more flawed. It's like Tony Stark is an mm. alcoholic, you know, alcoholic problems. Sure. And, uh, you know, they have real, real life issues. Yeah, well, then that was something Stan Lee brought up was they tried to make it more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're great. I think the stories are great. I like both of them, really. Like, I collect, I collect mostly DC and Marvel. I still collect comic books. Uh, mostly DC and Marvel. There are a few independent titles that I enjoy. Um, I got into Walking Dead before it got big. Um, and then, what's the new one I was reading that was real good? Uh, I forgot. I, I Usually what I do is I, I have a subscription service where I get them, and then I'll wait till I've got six or eight months worth. Because I don't, I don't like graphic novels. Mm-hmm. I like having the individual book and, you know, reading the individual books. I'm just sort of old school on that. I get that. So at my new bookstore, which Josh can throw our advertisement up, we're not going to have like individual comic books per se, mm-hmm. but I do. I have been buying over the last couple of years CGC comic books, and so we will have, including this one, we will have um, a pretty impressive collection of CGC graded comic books. They're on display where people can see them, and I would sell them, but they are going to be priced at a collector's personal collection price. In other words, I don't want to sell them. So like this would, I would sell this. But, like, I wanted this my whole life, pretty much. And um, I just got it this year, so I'm not in a rush to sell it. You, it's, it's a gorgeous book. I mean... Yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's very... Um, for this whole genre, I think this comic book is a good example of, like, the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's an argument. You may or may not know this, because I'm, I'm a deep-dive nerd on this stuff. So I have 180 also graded. I have 180, I have 181, and I have 182 graded. It's the first, second, and third appearance of Wolverine. Well, arguably. So some people say 180 is the first appearance of Wolverine. Because there's like a tiny little... At the end of the last page, he's busting through the cover. Yeah. And it's like, a beware the Wolverine or something like that. And then this, they fight in it, of course. And then the 182 is sort of the culmination of the, the resolution on this story and goes into another story. Um, well, you covered your bases. You know. Yeah, well, but my point is, like, this one is the one, if you look at the, uh, even the wizard, uh, the, well, the, the, what, was the, what was the price guide called in the 80s? Not wizard. We had wizard. They had price guides. Overstreet? Overstreet. Mm-hmm. If you look at the 80s, 70s, or the 80s and 90s Overstreet price guide, it says 180 and has first appearance of Wolverine. It lists 180 as the first appearance. If you ask the the writer, he says 180 is the first appearance. Mm. But uh, for whatever reason, it got switched up in the 90s to where this is considered the grail of it. So anyway, I don't know if it matters, but it's it's interesting. I mean, yeah, Wolverine. It, it's so funny because he was nothing like what he is now mm. in that book. The same thing with Deadpool. Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody credits Rob Liefeld with creating Deadpool, and I guess he did, but. That Deadpool's not the same. No. The mm-hmm. character evolved. It's interesting. Big time. So you you may not have an opinion on this, but what do you think about graded comics versus raw comics? Do you have any opinion on it? I I completely understand grading a comic. Um, and there's been plenty that I sold raw that I wish I'd sold graded because you can get exponentially more money. Mm-hmm. Uh New Mutants '98 comes to mind because mm-hmm. when I sold mine, I sold it for like four fifty, and it had it been graded because it was pristine, mm-hmm. it would have probably been a lot more. Yeah. Um, 
now that it's been established more, I it still takes a lot for me to go, okay, I'm going to send you this book. Yeah. And it's going to be gone for months. And I'm going to just hope and pray everything goes well with it and it doesn't get damaged in shipping. Because I've had a lot of art get damaged in shipping. Yeah, um, so that is a legitimate struggle. Uh, now, I was hinting at more. Some people are like, grading's a waste, you shouldn't do that. And then, you know, some people are, like, I have more recently been collecting graded comic books. So Josh and I at the, was it the Memphis Comic Expo? Memphis, yeah, Memphis Comic Expo. Had Agents of Slab was there. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what they do is send them off. And uh, Josh sent off. Four, yeah, three? I sent four off, yeah. And he got them back in like four weeks, something yeah. like that. Of course, my, mine were all modern, though. So oh, mine you're, were, mine you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I sent off 13, and they told me that because some were older, some were this, some were this size, some were signed, all this, they were going to all be sent at different times. Um, but I did get, I am got nervous because I've gotten one of them back, mm. and it's been. You, you had sent a bunch of older ones though. Months. They said that the turnaround time on the older issues takes a lot longer than the. I, I, I that's the first time we'd had any experience of actually sending them off. I've been buying them graded. Literally you know, already graded. today, I had to message um, agents of slab because um, my dad sent a Lady Death exclusive that he got from Brian Polito at Memphis Comic Expo okay. to them, and he hasn't got it back yet. And I'm like, okay. I might have gotten the same one, because I got him to sign one and sent one off. The Elvis. I did. Yeah. Sure did. Got the Now, I don't remember which of the Elvis covers I ended up buying, but I did. They witnessed it. And sent, and I got a, I had three Ninja Turtle comic books, including a Ninja Turtle number one. It was a force print. Yeah, a fourth print. I bought it. Again, I've collected them for so long. Sometimes you get lucky and one pops off, you know. That you, oh, yeah. Like, I have a newsstand Amazing Spider-Man, uh, three. I think it's 363, First Appearance of Carnage, mm. newsstand cover in pristine condition that I sent off to be graded. That Deadpool first appearance, I bought that in 94, 95 in a dollar bin. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Then they yeah. just blow up, you yeah. know, some of them. Out of uh, nowhere. Yeah, they're saying... Um, there, what was the one I was just looking? Because I, I kind of watch the spec. Like I, I'm just still a huge nerd. Like at night, I'll watch YouTube videos on collecting and you know all this kind of stuff. That's why I'm into all of the art. I got into the art actually from going to these conventions. I, I had avoided it for a long time. Josh actually was going way before me because he would have a booth and do his movie stuff. And um, and then I was like, I'm not into that cosplay. I'm not. And then they usually. Uh, 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 the one that I had gone to just didn't have comic books. And I was like, why am I here? You know, I don't care about the rest of this stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I ended up going to one that was really good. The Memphis comic one was really good. And uh, I started buying really any Superman original art I could find. If the artist was there and would sign it and it was an original print of something of Superman. And then you'll see, I'll show you when we're done. My office, the entire thing is like Superman art. Like it's just all, and it's not like, awesome. it's not like uh, Jim Lee you know, Superman art, it's local artists that I met. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember each one of them that I got. So I've got some that I don't even have hung up. I got so much in there, but I, I enjoy the art. It becomes a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you start collecting art, um, I've got a thing. I collect uncle Iroh art from avatar. Uh huh. And of course I'd get all my friends and, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I'll do a commission of daredevil for you. If you'll do, Uncle Iroh, and we'll swap back and forth, but you end up with a lot, yeah, very quickly. <laughs> well, I have to get a, I have to get you to do a commission for me of a kicking lawyer art. 
I had uh, I got a couple where I got guys at conventions do kicking lawyer with Superman in it. Okay. And uh, anyway, I always and I don't like to tell you how to do it. I like to just see what your idea is of it. That's good and bad because mm-hmm. you know I've had it really go very well where I did something for somebody and they were like, "Oh my God, I didn't even think of this." Oh yay! Mm-hmm. And then it's like. I really wanted her to be laying against the car, and you could have told me that, you know? Yeah. But, you know, and I just tell everybody when I do commissions for them, it's like, how do you want to go about doing this? Because I'm not the one that's got to look at it. You know, I, I'll I'll be done with it in a couple of weeks, and then, you know. Is, is, is most your – I didn't mean to interrupt you. Okay. Is most your work, um, when you're talking about the commissions – is it commission based or is it at the conventions or like does it come from the internet or it comes from the internet mostly um commission based is the the main source of it um i have a couple of extremely awesome buyers who every month you know just boom 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 and i'm like wow you guys are awesome i need about six more of you you yeah. know um and then I do a lot of stuff just for my print catalog for for shows because I quickly realized doing shows that you need to have prints because people are like, oh, I love your stuff, but I really can't afford that original. And mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do is make it to where nobody can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, yeah, well, let's do this print. Plus, I mean, you know, you sell an original for a few hundred dollars and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. So now you have a print that keeps on keeping on. Like um, this Bob Ross and Grogu that I've done, I've sold so many prints of that. And it's like the most popular thing that I've done, which is good and bad. Now everybody's kind of tired of seeing it, you know, which I am definitely tired of seeing it. (laughs) But it's also, you know, it's kind of what I'm known for. Mm -hmm. You know, people see it at the show and they're like, oh, yeah, I bought that from you at the other show. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll take a look through these books and there's tons of new stuff. Because I do art full time, and I mean, I try to finish about three or four different pieces a week. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I have like sixty in progress right now, so need to need to do me some more uh, Conans. Already I got already bought out your other Conans. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a Conan in progress right now. Sweet, I'll get it next. Show and it's now. an Arnold Conan. Oh, perfect. There yeah. You go. yeah, I've got a Red Sonya in progress, but I don't think you want it. Well, I might. We'll see. Well, <laughs> you should commission him to do a Masonite uh, Conan themed. Oh, you had me fighting thing. beside Conan. There you go. Yeah. You, it's and, and this is totally not trying to kiss your butt or anything, Josh. But you're actually the reason I started doing cons. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, yeah, cool. um, I was going back and forth about doing Memphis Comic Expo and stuff, and I went on YouTube to look up what they were like because I mean. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I saw was a Mason Studios cosplay <laughs> video. And I was like, this looks like so much fun. And, of course, my kids do cosplay. Right. So not this one. I can't get him to cosplay. But <laughs> the other ones. And I was like, all right, cool. So that yeah. that's what sold it. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I did I did a couple of those uh, cosplay. I need to do more of them. It's been, uh, it's been probably a year or two yeah, since I've done one. it's been a minute since you've done one. Yeah, I mostly switched over to the fan film stuff, but I need to get back into doing those again because those were super popular, you know. Yeah, so you're to blame. Yeah, it's all my fault. <laughs> you were, uh, 
Which one's your favorite, Josh, of the cons? Obviously, Covington, Covington Comic Con is, is number ob- one. Yeah, obviously, it's hey, the best. Covington ever, Comic Con was a banger. I loved that. <laughs> and I've been trying to get into Covington Comic Con for like two years. And every time I'm thinking I'm going to get in, Josh is like, no, we're full. I'm like, <laughs> well, I tell you well, we what, had, we had those are my people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, uh, on, on our convention that was it's been surprising to me. We we wanted we really did want to be a comic convention, mm-hmm. you know, comic book art, comic book inspired, whatever comic books, and so we we had trouble sort of getting some of the the big vendors for that kind of stuff to come and, and to commit. So like one side of the place has been you know comic thing artist etc., and the other side has been you know what other people that were interested in coming, which we appreciate, but the ones that come that do the comic books and the comic art make a killing. Like, because so many of these people come for a comic convention, you know? Like, we had, we only had, uh, this last one we did, we had Marvin's Comics mm-hmm. came, and he told me that he made the most that he's made, I think he said it was the second most he's ever made at a convention, at our convention. Now, the first day, he was the only one of the comic books. And he does big cons, too, like yeah. comic expos. The second, oh, wow. the second day we did it, I noticed that a couple of the other vendors pivoted and brought comic books and then did better. Because there's, there's still a demand for that. And you get, I guess you got to think if the, the, the name has comic in it, a lot of people are thinking about comic books and art. There's just something about standing at a table with a bunch of long boxes on it. And flipping through and, them. Got it, got it, got it, need it, need mm. it, got it, got, you know. There's just something about that that you don't get anymore. Because, I mean, it, there's not many comic shops around anymore. Yeah. I mean, well, there are, but. Well, a lot of them are really more toy shops, and then they'll have current issues. Very much so. There. And, you know, they got big into the, a lot of the, a lot of spec right now is on these variant issues, but I'm just not into that. Like, I, I like, I've gotten to the point where my collection's big enough I'm collecting specifically for, you know, grails that I need to fill. Now, there are a few runs that I still work on, like all the Superman titles. I'm literally trying to get full runs. I'm trying to get a full run of Justice League. Like, I have the original Justice League, like one, two, three, four, six, and then various ones. I'm trying to fill that up. Um, But And then I have – there are some modern runs that I have. Like, I do collect Conan. Um, I collect – well, again, all this, all, most of the, all the superhero titles I actively still get. Conan, old school Conan stuff was like such a huge inspiration. You know, the Frank Frazetta, Bernie mm-hmm. Wrights and stuff. And you know, when people ask me, they're like, oh, well, who are your influences? It's like, man, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick one favorite artist of all time, though, number one, who would be number one for you? Alex Ross. I was fixing to say Alex Ross. That that's yeah, that. See, my, see, mine would be Frank Frazetta. Yeah. <laughs> so. I love Frank Frazetta, and I mean, I've got Frazetta art books and Luis Royo art books and Olivia art books and stuff because I love to draw people, um, mostly because there's not a lot of straight lines. Yeah, I hate straight lines. Hmm. Um, but, and you know, a large part of a large part of what I do is a lot of pinup art. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Olivia and Luis Royo and stuff like that, that factors into that. But, man, Alex Ross just, um, he made everyone look real. Yeah. And 
the first book I ever got that he did the cover of, and I didn't even know he did the cover of it until a few years ago. Um, it was like a Terminator Burning Earth book from Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. It's this beautiful painted cover, the endoskeleton, and it's just like, oh. And, um, of course, I, I see it in an Alex Ross interview. I was like, oh, of course that was Alex Ross. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> so Yeah, he's he's pretty. That, I've got some of his stuff, uh, and I've got some signed stuff. I don't have anything original. Um, but one of my goals is to get like an original Alex Ross, but uh, they carry hefty pennies now. Um, but he, he he's very talented. But you know, I like the diversity of art that you can get amongst th- that genre. Like the mm-hmm. way you would draw Superman is going to be different than the way Jay Lee draws Superman or For sure. or Jim Lee. It's all you know. And I love Jay Lee. By yeah. The way. Now I did meet Jay Lee. He oh. was at the Memphis Comic Expo three years ago. And I got, he was sitting there. Here's what I did. Here's what dumbfounds me sometimes. He's sitting there in the like artist row or whatever alone. And there's this huge big line for somebody. I forget what he was giving away some comic book or something. It was this whole big line of folks. And then he's just sitting there by himself. And Batman Superman was uh, pretty new. It had only been out a little bit. You know, and he was the lead artist on the first run of that back in whatever year this was. Anyway, he's just sitting there. So I go over there and I go, you're Jay Lee, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, where are the people over here? <laughs> and so I talked to him for a while and got him to sign. It's hanging up in here. Um, but, you know, I'm such a nerd on all that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I recognized him and, and picked it out. And so many other people just walked by him. I met him at that show. Well, I talked to him at that show. But the first time I met him, um, he did a signing at Memphis Comics and Records way back in the day at the Highland Store. Mm-hmm. And I met him there. Um, and, of course, I'm all like, no. Because, you know, this is guy working for Image, and he's drawing Chapel from Youngblood and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just watching him draw. You got anything for me to sign? Oh, yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. But it was a completely different thing back then because, you know, you, that's that was the only way you could get to talk to these artists was go to these conventions or, mm-hmm. or signings and of course everybody's standing there with their book you know I'm hoping Mark Silvestri will look at my stuff now you know I can message Rob Liefeld and stuff and yeah it's like oh okay um so I mean it's, it's kind of a cool era to be coming up as an artist in I mean my kids do art too and um you know they have all the YouTube tutorials and you know they're posting their stuff on Instagram and stuff like that back in the day man we were just the weird kid drawing Catwoman in class. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so I get now that it's good that you're making a living on it. Is your goal, like, would you like to, to work regularly on a book for one of the big guys, or do you like kind of what you're getting to do now? No, I like what I do now. Mm-hmm. I like doing covers because um, I, c- I can do sequential art. Mm-hmm. I just really – I don't feel I do a very good job at it. Um I'm very scatterbrained, very ADD about things. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of cool because I'll I'll do a cover for Alton's, um, you know, Bunny Goes to Space, and then the next month, you know, I'll have a different set of covers to do for something else, and it, it's kind of a way to. When you when there. you get the assignments for these covers, do they give you any insight into the story, or is it just whatever you want? A small bit of insight into the story, um, like. The Vampires of New Jersey, number nine, that I just did the covers for. They're like, okay, it's um, Vampires versus Zombies. Cool. 
and they're like just do some covers with these characters and I'm like cool let's let's do it and I, do you get any spec on the character or do you like do you look at old issues I just wondered if I'll look at old issues um because and that really is terrible when I'm doing a number one yeah and it's their first issue and I'm like telling me anything mm-hmm. um i like it when they'll send me a digital copy of you know the previous books and i can kind of see where things are going because last thing i want to do is draw you know their main character in a in a way that she or he wouldn't be mm-hmm. at all well i was thinking also too like with superman surely there's some spec on what the costume is supposed to look like you know yeah. what i mean like how much liberty you can take with it um yeah generally they'll send me um their little character sheets. It's like a front and back view of the character. And it'll say like, you know, um, supposed height, um, general, general knowledge about the character, you know, like, uh, anti-hero type, um, uses guns, uses swords, uses claws or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Cause like I said, you know, I don't want to draw a Wolverine type character, you know, with a bunch of guns. Yeah. Um, and like Wolverine smiling super happy or something. <laughs> right. Although that Frank Miller cover back in the day for Wolverine Limited. the mm-hmm. With the claws oh, up. Yeah. yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. yeah. I sent that one off. I had that a number one, and I sent it off for grading, and I haven't gotten it back yet. I got that book <laughs> um, at a little antique store in Atoka about 10 years ago for $5. Nice. Yeah, I I had it like I, a lot of those books I sent off I I had purchased, um, you know, and then just decided okay we were gonna they were there to to do the grading these I knew these books would be more valuable graded so we'll go ahead and send them off. If it's something you know that you're not gonna thumb through or you know, it, it, you want to go ahead and protect it and slab it. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these these comics, like especially stuff from the '90s, and like I, I don't really see slab ending um, Wildcats number fifteen or something. You know, yeah. that's just kind of I bought it for the cover, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll, I'll break out my long boxes and let the kids go through them. They know that there's certain books that they don't need to touch, you know. Um, like I got a Stephen Platt signed Moon Knight, and my son was gonna open up I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't touch it. No touching. Well, my children, as the at the, I have four, and at the moment, none of them have any interest in it. And I know as soon as I go, you know, feet up uh, in the ground, they're gonna probably sell them immediately. My hope is they know that uh, uh, some. I, I mean, it's a pretty valuable collection, and it's like this. This comic book, I probably shouldn't even say this, but it has it just sits behind me, and so people will come in, and they're probably like, why is this? comic book sitting there and they have no idea you know the value uh, at least to me of it so uh, maybe my kids will we'll see maybe I'll end up with a grandkid that likes them something may happen where they just go wow comics are cool and, yeah and jump into it They'll come back around maybe yeah what but about I, the digital stuff what do you think about that like the digital comic books and Digital comics are kind of cool because it's a good way to get caught up on stuff without having to spend a bunch of money. Um, digital art? Yeah, what do you think about the whole uh, AI stuff on the art? Um, you know they had the big controversy over, um, was it Ahsoka? 
the opening scene of no, this. No, no, no. It was uh, the Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. That's it. You're right. You're right. It was all AI. And a lot of the comic book artists and, and artists in general were upset that this like they took work away from them. I am vehemently opposed to AI. Mm. Um, I am like John Connor trying to fight the machines here at this mm. point because um, it's an attack on my, my job. Sure. Basically, I mean, it's like the auto workers back in the you know seventies and eighties when they started automating the. Mm -hmm. That's how you feel, um, because someone can just type in a bunch of prompts and crank out eighteen, twenty pieces a day. And then where I'm over here, like if I get lucky, I finish one or two a day. Well, I still think there'll be a demand always, though, for that personal touch. I think so too, because. A long time. See, I do all traditional art. Mm -hmm. I don't do any digital. Mm -hmm. um, and a long time ago in the 90s and early 2000s, a lot of people thought that digital would just phase people like me out. Mm -hmm. And it it limits opportunities I get. Like I've been told by comic you know, publishers and stuff, well, if you did digital color, we would have absolutely love a cover from you. I'm like, well, I, I don't. And they go, no, and we don't. We don't hate what you do. It's just it doesn't fit this book. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, unless I've got like ink on my hands or paint in my hair or whatever, you know, I don't feel like I did anything. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that I wouldn't enjoy the idea of an undo button or being able to scrap a layer when I screw up. Um, obviously, that'd be great. But I just don't know enough about digital art to really move forward with it and Fortunately, there's people who really like traditional art. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to hold the, that physical copy in their hand. They want to flip that piece of bristle board over and see the bleed through from the paint or the marker, and you know, pull it out of its little bag and smell that acrylic that I sprayed on it to keep it from smudging. You know? Yeah. And then there's other people who are like, I just need the cover done. You know, just just you know, just pencil it out. We'll get someone digital color. Mm -hmm. Um. I do have a friend named Megan. Uh, she's worked for DC before. She does kind of a, a blending of both. She'll do a giant watercolor or acrylic painting of whatever character, and then she'll get it scanned and then embellish it with Photoshop and Clip Studio and stuff. Hmm. So that might be the way I try to evolve things. Well, I don't know that you have to. Like I said, I think there's a demand either way, but... I don't know that a lot of people are, other than the, the risk of them killing us all, AI, um, I don't know that it's as definitive a risk to everyone uh, in all fields as people are concerned with. Because there's some things that, there's some people that are always going to want that individual touch, personal touch, and then there are some things that I just don't know that it can replicate, at least not soon, you know, that comes from the human mind. Well, it seems to be that people are, aware of it now because um, like at San Diego Comic Con there was a girl in Artist Alley who was told to leave because she was selling AI generated images hmm. and that's terrible because she could actually draw if you go to her Instagram mm -hmm. you know you see everything she did but um, it it became apparent that she was selling AI generated images and a lot of the cons that I've signed up for to be an artist alley, you know, a lot of times you have to submit your work so they can say, oh, okay, yeah, you're good enough to be in this con. Mm -hmm. Well, now they have this whole, what medium do you use? And if you sit there and say AI, 
sometimes they don't even let you into the con to sell. Yeah. Which I'm okay with because the AI software, it, it farms images from the internet and it pulls things from it. So it's basically stealing other people's artwork. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the bigger problem with it. It's not that it's just pulling its own art out of thin air right. so much as it is stealing the art of other artists and combining it and making it something yeah. slightly different. But you're right, it is still at the end of the day stealing artwork. And for right now, fortunately, AI is pretty easy to spot. I mean, um, it messes up on hands a lot. I even made the comment. I was like, oh, see, the machines can't draw hands either. Um, but <laughs> you'll see like six fingers on Supergirl or, you know, Wonder Woman's hair will blend into her ear or something. And So there's an Instagram account that uh, I come across and uh, showed my wife because as I started looking at it, it was too, the initial photo I saw was almost too perfect. It was a blonde female. Mm-hmm. And the site uh, links to these books. And what, it, what I think has happened is, and it may be a woman, it's some person though. I don't think it's this person in all these pictures. I think that is generated somehow or somehow digitally adjusted. Because some of the pictures, you can tell it's not exactly the same person. Certain things are different sizes than in the other picture. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's different. But they look real. It's it's sort of real. Anyway, it, it the Instagram profile infers that this is the real person and that they do these books and that here's the link to the books because I'm an author. But all the photos are very scantily clad, very uh, misleading. But I, I think it's – I'm torn on that because it, it, I think it's a clear deception. These people are going and maybe buying these books because they think this person – but I don't think it's this person. I think it's generated. It's a – I can show you when we get done, but it doesn't look, it's too perfect Mm -hmm. to be real, especially when you can't find anything elsewhere. So I went into a dive to try to see who the actual person was, and there's no uh, record of this person outside of the photos on this Instagram page. Anyway, it's it's interesting, but that, that makes me nervous that it makes me nervous that people are gullible enough to believe some of it too. For sure. Um, You know, but either way, you know, the thing about technology and growth in general is it's one of those things where you either have to adapt to it, and it may be by having a premium service where you do individual stuff, mm-hmm. you know, or you get rolled over by it. And I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I'm less apprehensive than I was about it um, just because and, – and AI is getting better every day. But to me, it's always going to look artificial. And I think that there's – publishers who want that old school traditional feel to their art um i I had one publisher because you know there's some who are going to doing ai covers now and he was like no i'm not going to do that that stuff's got no soul and that's true i Mm -hmm. mean and that makes me feel better because you know i try to put soul in mine i try to make it look like you know yeah okay this this line may be kind of wrong but at least you know somebody did it Mm -hmm. And not, you know, the T-800. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't want the T-800, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, well I've drawn the T-800. Let, uh, let everybody know where they can find your art or if they need to get in touch with you for commissions and stuff. Um, I'm on Facebook under my name, Sean Howell. Uh, there is a Facebook page called Zero Dark Thirty, the studio of Sean Howell. That's my fan page. I'm on TikTok as SeanZilla77, and I am on Instagram as... Seanzilla, that's S-H-A-W-N-Z-I-L-L-A, uh, art, 
all one word, so it's two A's. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come up and talk with us. Appreciate you uh, having. I always enjoy uh, meeting artists and and learning about you. And I think that's another thing that you can't create with AI is the human component of knowing somebody, knowing if they get a commission from you, it's going to help feed your family and stuff too. You know. Well, that's the best part of doing cons is is that personal interaction. I mm-hmm. mean, I always joke around. Oh, I don't like people, blah blah blah. But I love cons, and I love meeting people and. You know, even when they're showing me their artwork, I've seen artists get mad about that. And they're like, dude, I, I, I was that guy. Mm. You know? So why would I get mad at them showing me my, their artwork? Yeah, I think that's a good attitude to have about it. Well, appreciate you coming on. Next time, maybe we'll get your uh, your, your friend over there to talk. <laughs> you don't want him to talk. He never shuts up. <laughs> well, I can relate. And I want to thank you guys for watching, too. Uh, this is Jerry Mace, the Kicking Lawyer. We're here for another Law Talk. Uh, check in every Tuesday on the Kickin' Lawyer page to, to see another one, or you can go to YouTube or Facebook and see, see some of the old ones. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to the content. Uh, we're on all social media platforms, podcast, Kickin', uh, Kickin Lawyer, everywhere you go, Instagram, etc. cetera. Uh, we got N.A. The Band, as I mentioned before, has an album inside my head available for free, so make sure you download that. It's wherever you listen to music. And then Michelle Allen has been a longtime sponsor of our show. If you're going to buy, sell, rent, lease, real estate, or if you just have questions in general, uh, Michelle would be glad to help you out. Mason's High Octane Martial Arts has been in Covington for 30 years and just opened in Millington, Tennessee. Visit masonsmartialarts.com. We have sign-up specials and stuff going on right now, especially for Christmas. Uh, and then Jam Books and Records is going to open on the Covington Square very soon. Uh, right now we have a Facebook and an Instagram. Please check us out. Uh, follow us for updates. And then last but not least, if you need any help with online content, branding, uh, social media marketing, et cetera, just holler at Josh with Masonitemarketing.com. And we will have another Law Talk, like I said, next week. It's every Tuesday. I don't know that that one's going to be live, but hopefully you guys will join us with that. And we'll see you then. Hope you have a good week. Keep kicking. Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.